and welcome back to the Movie Pope podcast. And today we have a great interview with the guys at the Independent Picture House here in Charlotte. Got Bradley Ritter and Jay. Is it, am I saying it right? Morong or Morong? Uh, Morong's good. Yeah. Morong. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I am. Um, I, but um, but I definitely want to um, just thank you guys for taking the time um, for um, for being here, and um, and 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 you guys um actually had a pretty busy uh, pretty busy schedule recently. Y'all were up in Toronto for the film festival, right? Yes. Yeah, we just got back last night, which would have been Thursday. Gotcha. Uh, so so yeah, so, so what were y'all doing doing in Toronto? Uh, just watching lots of film. <laughs> uh, <so you> seen, <laughs> what what one does at a film festival, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, we, um, I think Jay and I each did around upper thirties as far as how many films we watched, and um, yeah, just going from screening to screening. My eyes are still bloodshot from uh, lack of sleep and uh, staring at a, a screen for many many hours a day so <laughs> but i'm sure but, but i'm sure you were able to walk away with the, an appreciation of a lot of the a lot of the films that were uh that were shown at that festival right yeah no uh it's it's a great festival every year i actually was in telluride right before that so um that really helped me with my toronto schedule because i was able to see a lot of the stuff that was playing at both festivals at Telluride as well. So that freed me up to see quite a bit of film that um, the, I, I refer to them as the smaller type films that, uh, you know, need a lot of love uh, when, when we bring them to town, because a lot of people, you know, they're flying under people's radar. So, um, and those I think are the type of films that I know I gravitate to, and I believe Jay does as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, so, 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 so for the for, for those watching or listening to the podcast here, can you can you tell me um, a little bit about yourselves and how you got in got involved in um, this kind of work? Uh, I mean, either either one of you can start. It yeah, I guess I'll, I'll I'll start and then Jay can uh, take over. Um, I I started as a projectionist at the Manor Theater back in I believe it was either nineteen ninety three or ninety four. So. Uh -huh um been been there quite a while um i was the person that closed the manor theater down during covid uh when it was uh decided that they were not going to reopen no matter when um you know we we came out of the pandemic so mm -hmm. um i was i was the person that uh turned the key over to the landlord so um started as a projectionist became lead projectionist and then um, assistant manager, and then I became the general manager uh, in October of 1999, and up until uh, it, it officially closed. And um, being having spent so many years there, we, or well, yeah, we, Jay and I, and, and the Charlotte Film Society, um, knew that there was a need for independent an, an independent cinema in Charlotte. Um, now that the manor closed, and then Prior to that, Ballantyne Village closed, and then Park Terrace went from a art house type screen uh, cinema to mainstream once it switched from Regal to AMC. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, so we went from uh, 13 screens dedicated to art house um, down to zero in... Um, Gosh, I think it was like less than two years. So I always knew that um, there, there, there was a need in, in Charlotte. Charlotte's at the time was the 15th largest city in the United States and the only one that would not have an art house when um, things opened back up after after the pandemic. So um, and Jay and I, I mean, shoot, we'd, we'd drive around town and um you know, look at look at empty buildings and say, "Oh man, that would make a great movie theater." So, I mean, the seed has been planted for a long, long time. Um, but um, again, once the need was there, um, you know, we we jumped we jumped on it and uh, couldn't couldn't have turned out better so far. Yeah, yeah. I I remember I remember as a kid driving you know driving down Providence Road on my way to the doctor's and we passed the Manor Theater. 
And I and I always said I've always wanted to go inside and see a movie. That that never happened. And and when I heard that they closed the doors, I, I just felt like I just felt like someone stuck a knife in my heart and twisted it because I was like, Well, I'm really never gonna fulfill that that wish now. So you know, so that 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 is really, really sad. And I used to go to that um that movie theater, um, the park terrace as a kid. Mm-hmm. And when I heard, you know, when I heard that they that they were closing it down, I think I I, I remember there was a petition that, that 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 was going around on the internet, and I signed it. And after I signed it, I was like, you know what, I, I I've, I've got a pretty good feeling. Like I had a feeling in my gut that was telling me, you know what, th- this is going to succeed. They're they're going to keep it. But when I heard that they were closing it down for good, I was like, oh, like I guess that signature was for nothing really, and they kind of made me a bit pessimistic. Um, about that because like you know i felt like I, I i i felt like i felt like charlotte just decided you know what you know the art house theater we we just don't need it i mean we've already got amc and you know regal cinemas and everything what do we what do we need with that so i'm i'm, I'm really really glad to see that um that the independent picture house is you know is carrying on that torch now, now i want now i wanted to say i want to ask you and, and 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 this this might sound like a totally dumb question is the international picture house like the successor to the manor house theater um well why why don't we let jay introduce himself and he can answer okay <laughs> gotcha yeah. i totally uh, forgot about jay so sorry <laughs> you know again i i i fill in the cracks when needed so um <laughs> you know, si- si- silent type as they say um well i guess for that question i mean i would I would argue that it that it fills the the independent picture house fills some part of the void left by the closing of the Manor Theater, but mm-hmm. this really is kind of it, it. You know, it's an amalgam of a lot of different things. It's an amalgam of the Charlotte Film Society and the many different versions that that's had over the forty year existence. It's an amalgam of the different type of art house theaters, because, you know, there was a time in Charlotte when the manor wasn't the art house theater and the visual light was the man was the art house theater. Um, there was a time when the manor was doing art house and Valentine was doing Valentine village was doing art house and it was different art house than the manor was doing. So, um, and then also it is just kind of a, uh, you know, like I said, an amalgam of the idea that, you know, I, I came from the Boston area um, when I moved down here in the mid 2000s. And, you know, up there we had repertory theater houses like the Brattle Theater. We had really awesome educational film houses like the Harvard Film Archive. Um there, there were lots of different other movie theaters that were independent that were doing not just screenings of movies, but talkbacks and, and uh, you know, just kind of educational programming. And, and so, you know, so to me coming from the Boston area with some of that stuff, my love of film, coming to Charlotte and basically asking like, where's the cool movie theater to work at when I needed a job? And everyone was like, the manor, the manor, you got to go with the manor. Yeah. Um, and, and the manor always felt for people in Charlotte, even though it was run by a chain, it felt like a, a, a mom and pop theater because people like Brad and, and uh, you know, Brandy who, and, and others who were basically had been working there forever. You know, people have been going there for years and they were the only people they saw and they thought, you know, Brad owned the place, you know? So I right. think the, the picture house, was really just kind of an amalgam of like all of these different kind of things that other cities have. You know, you go to New York, there's a repertory theater. There's a a really small, you know, independent art house theater that just shows like foreign films. They don't even show, you know, American movies. Um, Then there's the mixture ones like the Manor that'll show old, uh, you know, restorations, but then they'll show the new Wes Anderson movie and then they'll show a small film from New Zealand. Right. And it would be at a, at, at the height. I think that's, you know, the, was the manners, the, what the manner was doing the best is when you would have like 
two movies playing at the manor or maybe three and one of them maybe two of them was like very clearly like a movie as everyone had heard of and then a movie that no one had heard of right mm -hmm. so i think that's the independent picture house in a nutshell for me at least and i think for most people including brad where it's like we weren't trying to recreate the manor we weren't trying to recreate any of these things we were trying to sort of take what we knew existed in this city and really around the country and the world and trying to say like how can we actually build something that does all of this stuff and not just shows you know the big five art house movies every year um and so i think that's what we were trying to do as as a as a group of people is how do we take the best of the, really the history of art house cinema in Charlotte and the history of art house cinema as it has existed, you know, really for the last 40 or 50 years in the United States, but even going back to like the sixties, right. Trying to find those, those little pockets. So th that would, I, you know, I don't know if that's a helpful answer, but it's that at least to me is my kind of feeling of what we were trying to do and while we love the manor and we want to, you know, we have the popcorn machine from the manor in our independent picture house, we weren't trying to just recreate the manor because people felt nostalgic for, you know, this really great theater where they saw Fantasia back in, you know, 1952 or something like that, you know. Right, right. But, right. So you're trying to create something, you know, something that was unique um, and individual, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd expand upon what Jay just said. And um, I mean, it's, it's very important that we are a community cinema. Um, we, we um, you know, we just don't want to sell tickets and popcorn. We want to engage the community in these thought-provoking films and offer talkbacks and bring in the director of, you know, some of these films. And um, I, I think that's something that Charlotte's never had. And uh, you know, Jay, being the creative director or programmer, has done a very good job, a great job in um, putting together events like that. So, um, so, so before we go any further, for the um, for for the average layman, can you um, can can you define what is an art house film? Just so just so anybody who's listening is going to sit there and scratch their head and be like, what what the hell heck are these guys talking about here? <laughs> that's a, that's a moving target these days. Jay, do you want to tackle that one? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was I was I was actually going to say the exact same thing in terms of the moving target element of it. Um, I I think the way that we talk about art house cinema is we really talk we're really just talking about films that are outside the mainstream of the major studios, um, and that could mean that. They're released by smaller distributors. That their budgets are are incredibly small. Uh, you know, foreign cinema has always kind of been lumped into the art house cinema category because the I, the idea of um, foreign cinema being something that people don't engage with as much as the you know the Indiana Jones or the Star Wars or that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So so. That's that's always been how, or I think especially now how art house is defined is it's sort of the films that are outside your kind of traditional multiplex major studio tentpole movies that uh, you know don't get the marketing budgets of a couple hundred million dollars or don't necessarily have you know, the release on 4,000 screens, that kind of thing. I mean, and that's why it's, it's, it is a moving target because it's always kind of been anything that sort of falls outside of that, but at what level and where, and, you know, um, sometimes people use art house cinema and independent cinema sort of synonymously. Yeah, I was actually um, going to ask that, ask you that too, if, if, if the two terms can sort of, you know, be synonymous with, or analogous with each other. Yeah, I mean, they 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 tend to be used interchangeably. Um, but again, I mean, there's you know, there's like it's complicated because a movie like. Uh, you know, Asteroid City 
Is that, yeah. a, is that an independent film or is that a, you know, and it becomes complicated in terms of like how people, and I think the idea is people will call something like that an independent movie because it wasn't made for over a hundred million dollars. It wasn't released on 4,000 screens and it wasn't put out by a major studio, even though the film is, you know, directed by a very well-known and, and solidified director. It has, you know, arguably some of the biggest movie stars in the world in it, you know, Scarlett Johansson and uh, Tom Hanks and, you know, you know so, Mm-hmm. But the idea is it still falls under that realm of the art house independent because a studio didn't make that movie and they're not putting it out in 4,000 screens to make, you know, what trying to make a billion dollars. They Someone made it for a smaller amount of money and they're trying to, you know, double or triple their investment and that's about it. So that's why art house and independent has always kind of been this, uh, you know, kind of again, sort of interchangeable terms and then the the foreign film you know element of that tends to then fall under that as well because it's the same principle you know the big chain theaters because they're trying to just for lack of a better word make money mm. um they they you know they can't afford to put a small foreign film in because they just know whatever the movie is it's not going to make even what a small lower budgeted studio horror film would make right you know there's a small movie like talk to me or something well i guess that is a foreign film technically because it was an australian film so never mind everything i just said was wrong Um, (laughs) another perfect example that is parasite right when that came out we we had the charlotte premiere that through our charlotte film festival Mm -hmm. and uh back then we were we were at the manor the manor opened that i don't remember how many screens it opened on, but it was probably no more than two or three. And then, you know, after it gets all the Oscar nominations, all of a sudden, you know, the 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 big movie theater chains, you know, they're they're re-releasing it in, you know, every every movie theater trying to make a quick buck on it. Um, whereas, you know, we we cultivated that release and uh, did very well at the banner with it. And I think we were still playing it when they re-released it you know, on, on a, a wider scale. Yeah. Right. So, 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 so with, the, with the art house film, and it, it's, it's basically about, you know, trying to, trying to create like a, a level of appreciation for, for the art and the aesthetic, as opposed to just seeing as a, you know, as, as a cash cow. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if it's, if it's necessary, because I think, you know, the thing we always get into is when you say art house, that it has a certain air of sort of like, and I hate this term, but I'll use it. It has a certain air of like high art, right? It yeah, has that's that, 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 that's the connotation that you think of automatically. But, but it's not. It's just sort of saying the art house is like, I mean, cultivating might be a good word. I like the word curating. That's the word I like to use. The art house theater curates cinema and 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 is about like the idea of this is a this is a good movie or we think this is a good movie or we think this is a movie that people will enjoy or get something out of regardless of whether or not we think it's going to be a commercially successful thing and mm-hmm. because and and i think that's a really important element because some of the most important art house cinema that we can even think of like going back to like the 70s were midnight movies that played at places like you know, the Elgin Theater in New York with, you know, John Waters stuff or Jodorowsky films or, you know, Eraserhead or the, the but the idea was these are just the and again, they might have artistry to them, but they're not all, you know, John Waters films weren't considered art, you know, high art films, right? They're in some ways considered the lowest art cinema there is, right? Because he he he, he traverses in perversion and you know grotesqueness and all these kind of things but the point is is that people seeing past like whether or not if it, it is high or low it is valuable as an artistic commodity right it's mm-hmm. valuable as a piece of work and it will create some kind of enjoyment some kind of fun some kind of thought-provoking nature or or something else and i think that's where the real nature of sort of having what i think we were all trying to do with the fact that 
we lost our, all of our art house cinemas is where are people going to going to be able to go to experience something with their community that's outside of the mainstream so the idea is how are people going to sit and engage with something that might be incredibly fun and goofy and weird or it could be incredibly thought-provoking and powerful but they can do it together with people when you know the big theaters predominantly the idea is well you can go experience the big popcorn movie and have the fun experience of that but you're not getting any of the of the other things around it um so i think that's again the, the complicated nature of the art house thing and you know parasite's a great example too because the thing that the other thing that's so important about parasite that i think sometimes people even forget is like that movie did get re-released and it came out on a bunch of but that movie made 50 million dollars at the u.s box office which which again is like my point is like that's you know these you know smaller blumhouse throwaway horror movies make 50 million dollars at the box office right and so i think that's the point is the point is is that like you need the space or you need the spaces and this is true of all art forms right you know it's like you know the spectrum arena in charlotte is gonna have the eagle but you need the small hole in the ground music venue you know i don't know a tommy's pub or something for the indie rock band to have a show to play for 25 people right. you have to have both because if you only have spaces that cater to the most well-known of the well-known and the the things that will generate the money then what you do is you become sort of a a, a you know you have a huge artistic hole in your community of voices and ideas and thoughts and humor and all these kind of things so i know i'm ranting a little bit but uh oh, no no that's fine that that that, that that's that, that's totally fine um that, that hey. actually does lead me into my oh sorry bradley well i was just gonna interrupt real quick just um that uh i have to put my executive director hat on here and, and say exactly piggybacking on what jay just said that's that's why it's in, in important that we are a nonprofit so we can um i mean ticket sales popcorn again are, are awesome but uh please support us through a membership through donations so we can expand upon the programming side of it like jay just described yeah i mean yeah definitely because i mean because it's it's just so easy to to forget that you know you guys exist that there's an in independent side to the commercial side um i'm guilty of, of of that i will be the first to admit so um it's definitely it, it's definitely something that um that that we need to be reminded of time and time again you know like you know, it, you know it, it reminds me of how um how you know 20 or 30 years ago there used to be you know there used to be a lot of independent bookshops um in the charlotte area and I remember I used to at that time it was called Little Professors. Now it's Park Road Books. But at the time, I, at, at the time, like you know, you know, my my parents would take me to all these different bookstores, and I would just pick up all these books. And slowly they all began to close shop one by one until finally, I think by, I think by the you know by the time the pandemic hit, I think we were down to like five or six independent bookshops, um, and I think a few more kind of closed you know closed after that. So, um. I could definitely understand where where y'all are coming from because it's it's, I mean, to say that it's important to maintain to maintain the art house theater is a bit of an understatement. Would you say? Yes, I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and again, I think it, I think also too though to use your bookstore example is it's it's not just important to have the art house theater. But it's it or the or the art house, whatever the independent music venue, the 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 small theater company that's not bringing the Broadway shows. And again, we're talking about movies, so we're talking about having a space to have. It's 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 having a space that is run and is is basically kind of owned by the city, by the community. Mm -hmm. So that so that's a really important thing with the independent picture house. It's sort of like as a nonprofit, it's not a corporation. It's a group of people 
who live and work and are part of the Charlotte community who sit on a board and and navigate through what do we want this to be for the community of Charlotte and then hiring people in from the community of Charlotte that are directly talking with the community who's coming in and seeing this stuff and and actually engaging with them and getting that feedback and then again as Brad said you know you have a membership where then again any place that has a membership you you have to talk with your membership right the membership is going to tell you what you're doing right what you're doing that they don't like you're doing they're going to give you that feedback and if you actually believe in the idea of having a community space you're going to listen to them and you're going to say oh okay you know we didn't we didn't know you enjoyed small finish films we will bring more of those you know? right. <laughs> and again brad, i say that because brad and i wish and hope one day that we we have a large group of people in our community that just want to watch small finish films because we watch a lot of them and we love them and we we, we want to desperately show them to people so um i mean sisu so I came that, out recently so what's that I was going to say, Sisu came out recently. so Yeah, but again, I mean, that's one of those movies that, you know, and again, I want to be, this is complicated because I don't have, but that's one of those movies that because it got picked up by a certain distributor and it just, and, and you know, some of the major theaters wanted, they just needed content. That movie gets thrown into theaters and it comes and goes like on a blip. And, and there's an argument to be made that that movie probably would have been better served at art house theaters. Right. People who maybe showed the director's other films who, you know, who have engaged with that director's work for many, many, many years, not just with a, with a, you know, trying to, I don't want to say trick people, but like, Hey, it's John wick, but with Nazis, right? Hey, have fun. Um, and, and, and I think that that's what I'm saying is it's like at the end of the day, sometimes it's just about the the corporate chains. They just need something to 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 fill a screen. And, and in a way that can all not, we might be getting too much insider baseball here, but, you know, that can also get in. Well, it can get in the way of what saying like, well, as a small group with members, we might be able to do better with a film like that than if you throw it on 20 screens in town in all the major, you know, Regals and AMCs mm. because we have an audience we can talk to and we have an audience we can pitch that to and explain to them why they want to see it as opposed to, you know, again, you might have saw a trailer and said, oh, I want to see that movie. But most people, again, that's one of those films, you know, it played in probably on more screens than it should have. And at the end of the day, while it made some money, I mean, you know, if that thing made more than $10 million, I'd be shocked. Um, and so that, that that becomes the thing, right? It, be, it just becomes this sort of never-ending uh, conversation with the community where, um, to me, that's the important element, I guess, to go back to that, of having in art house theater, it's not just about the movies, although that is a big piece of it. It's about that the theater is run and owned by the community as a nonprofit community cinema. There is no person who is the private owner of the independent picture house. There is no corporation that just takes money from Charlotte citizens and it, you know, just goes to another state. You know, you know what I mean? And yeah. to me, that's really important. Because then I think what happens is, and Brad can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel very strongly then that everyone who works for the cinema, whether it means slinging popcorn or whether it means the people who are sitting on the board trying to help develop and you know raise funds and market and all that kind of stuff, they're doing it with a mindset of not like, how can I make myself a buck or how can I you know, rise my stake in, but in the community, but like, how can I create something for the people who I live in and amongst? And I think that's really important. And that sometimes we lose sight of that because businesses have to make money. Right. And it's like, and that kind of rules all. And I think, but it's like, no, we're trying to figure out how can we create something that people in Charlotte feel ownership of? 
because again, they might have liked going to the manor or they might have liked going to Park Terrace or they might like going to Stonecrest, but they don't they don't feel ownership and feel like it's you know, and that's what all great local restaurants are like. Or, or local bars or local pubs or, you know, whatever. People feel like, oh, this is this is my home. This this feels like home to me. This feels like a comfortable place where I belong, not where somebody's just taking my money. And I think that's the difference, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and we're also very passionate. Um, yeah, I mean, studios, distributors these days, um, a lot of them just look to take the easy way out and okay, I'm going to bring Sisu in and and play, you know, every theater that will take it. Uh, Where, like Jade mentioned earlier, we like to curate what we show and we want to bring in films that we believe in, that we're passionate about, and we're going to spend marketing money on these films. It used to be back in the day, um, studios would, you know, market the films and, and you're seeing that more and more disappear. They're all they want to do is check the box that, you know, we played eight screens in Charlotte or something. And um, yeah, just the, the staff that we've created here, the board of directors. Um, I mean, when we're looking at new board members, the first question we, we ask is, or inquire about is, are, are you passionate about cinema and film? Uh, Cause it's important that they are so they can go out in the community and, and talk about, independent picture house so um so actually this does lead me to another question how do you go about curating you know these movies how do you uh, how do you choose you know which films are going to show um at at the um at the theater that that's a hundred percent jay Well, I mean, I'll I'll interrupt real quick and I'll let you you take over and run with it. But I mean, that's what we were doing in Toronto last week. Uh, Yeah, I think I saw 39 films. I think Jay saw 38 or 39 films. Um, We saw probably four or five of the same film. But I mean, he's got different tastes. I have different tastes. And um, we make a list and now... You know, some of them we know are going to open in October. Some are going to open over Thanksgiving. But uh, we have this list now, and um, especially the ones that we we enjoyed and, and again, want, want to bring because we're passionate about them. Uh, you know, we'll continue to monitor them. Uh, a film festival like Toronto, a lot of the films don't have distribution yet. So, uh, you know, we're seeing world premieres of films that we know might not get released until next summer next fall even um so that that's part of the process and i'll I'll let jay run from here yeah and i mean i think i'll just i mean all i can really add to that is i i just think it's you know some of it is it's 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 a fine line combination and brad can speak more to part of this than i can of like well you got to keep the doors open and you got to you know you got to keep the lights on and you got to pay the rent so you need to think what are people wanting to see and again that's where when you you know when you talk to your audience or your membership and you get a sense of what they and now we've been open over a year now so we have a a pretty good sense of what people like and what they kind of seem to be into um but there's also that element of like what brad is talking about is it's just you have to have as a programmer or a programming team sort of people who kind of say well like well what about this because i think it's really good um and not me specifically i mean whoever that person is i mean we we just we just um you know last week we just played we're we're doing a a series connected to the anime anime expo film series so we're showing a, a bunch of anime films over the course of the next few months we started in september and we'll go through to February and it's classic sort of repertory anime stuff. And that's a huge blind spot in my, you know, repertoire of what I like and what I'm into. I've just never really been into anime, but you know, we had one of our, our staff members, Allie Harris, who, you know, was just like, there's a community of people in this city who want to see 
both new and classic anime. And so there's a, there's an advocacy from someone and then you turn around and you work with that person and you go, okay, let's see, right? We have some space in the calendar. Let's get a sense and see if we can actually build this audience or have that audience. And we did, you know, very well with the first film we had last week. Um, so that was one of those things where I think it is just kind of a gut. Sometimes it's a, just a gut feeling where your brain is like, I think this is a good movie. And Brad, like Brad said, we see a lot of stuff at festivals. And if we can bring it in, maybe we have the ability to market and get some of our people to come see it. And maybe that over time helps build an audience for cinema that's not in the mainstream or easily accessible. Um, but it is a fine line, right? Because again, you do also have to curate films that will make some money at the box office that people will come see. So you have to then ride that line. Um, but again, I think ultimately there is a, a it is the last thing I'll say is there is a um, kind of core value that we have I believe, and Brad, you know, can tell me if I'm way off base here. Um, there is a core value that we have in the independent picture house of like, we want to introduce people to new types of cinema, you know, and it might just be like giving them a lot of it, right? Bringing them more documentaries because fewer and fewer documentaries get released into cinemas and people, again, don't get to share them with uh, their community, with with their fellow charlatans. And so I think that is a core element of when you start talking about, well, like, how do you decide what to play? There is an element of like, is this playing anywhere? Why is it not playing anywhere? And again, do you feel good? And maybe this is a gut thing I do. Do you feel good that a movie of this quality or of this thematic value or social value has no footprint within a city the size of Charlotte, North Carolina. And my, and that's where I sort of sometimes get to where it's like, it is a real shame that this movie is this good and no one in Charlotte will see it. That just, that just feels wrong. I think to me and to most of us a lot of the time. Um, and again, we only have three screens, so we can't show everything we would want to show and nor would we, because, you know, we do know that, movies we see at toronto we love and we're like oh i, I want to show this and then our brain is like who's going to come see this how are right. we going to get people? how are we going to get people to come see this you know to actually like keep the lights on so it's a very it's a very delicate balance and brad and i you know sometimes have you know uh, intense conversations when we're trying to navigate that fine line because we have things you know, we're each passionate about and we think, oh, I think the audience will like this. And he'll, oh, I think the audience will like this. And we're like, okay, well, let's see. And and right now, I, I think I, this, this will be the last thing I'll say. I do think we're, even though we've been open for a year or more now, I still think we are still in a real learning curve of sort of like, how do we let people even know that we're showing these things? So when, if the numbers aren't great on a movie, is it because people didn't want to see the movie? Or is it because people just didn't know we were playing the movie? Only our core audience knew. So there's that kind of fine line that we just, you know, we we always, but I, I think it's a gut as a programmer. I think it's just sort of like you have to kind of have a, I, I think this is a good movie. And I, if I like it, there must be somebody else out there who's going to enjoy it too. Yeah. 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 And Jay, Jay and I, I mean, we, we've said before we even open that our, our goal is that anyone can show up in the, at the independent picture house and not know anything about any of the films we're showing, but know that they have the confidence in us that, uh, you know, they'll, they'll buy a ticket to something. And I mean, it might be something that they, they don't, you know, go home and rave about, but at least know that um, it, it was worth seeing. So, uh, you know, hopefully one day we'll get to that point. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, I, I mean, it's been a common theme with this, sh um, with the show because a lot of the filmmakers that I've interviewed have, have all told me, yeah, you know, I definitely want to 
I definitely want to make something that that's gripping and that that relates to people, but at the same time, they're tempered by 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 the practicality of it, whether it's you know money or or production or whatever. It's it, it it's something that's universal in in all aspects of film, whether you're making it or curating it. So I definitely I definitely get where you're coming from, and it, it actually it, it actually hurts me a little bit to think that there are so many good films out there that. Will, Probably never that will probably never get seen because just because of the fact that at the end of the day, you know, you've got to figure out what's gonna, like you said, keep you know, pay the rent, keep the lights on, all that stuff. Um, I mean, I really, really, really have so many questions. I and I really wish I had the time to talk to you guys for hours and hours. I really do enjoy talking to y'all, um, but I do want to be respectful of your time. Um, so, so, so really, um, my, my, I've got two, um, two last questions here. The first one is, are, are you guys, are, seeing, as, seeing as you guys started recently, are you guys um, working with the uh, local filmmaking community here in Charlotte, or have you had any events where you're inviting local filmmakers to come show their work at, at the uh, Picture House, or what? Yeah, definitely. From my days at the Manor, um, we would get phone calls weekly, if not daily, about people wanting to rent out the space. And we would always have to put them through to our corporate office and knowing that if they were even lucky to get a, a phone call back, um, it, you know, they were going to charge too much. And it, of all my time at the manor, I don't think we ever, well, maybe that's not true. I mean, one or two occasions where they actually uh, rented out an auditorium to a local filmmaker. So um, that was one of my goals when we opened Independent Picture House to provide affordable space where people can come and um, show show their films. We've we've had countless film premieres from local filmmakers. Uh, we have people renting, just you know, coming in and playing a DVD, you know, their favorite movie. Um, but yeah, we we've been working with local filmmakers uh, quite a bit. Um, this this month, September, and, and next month, October. Um, gosh, I think we have twenty between twenty twenty five rentals already on the books. Um, so we're um, there. There is there is definitely a need out there, and um, I, I think uh, especially word of mouth, local. You know, the the filmmaking scene in Charlotte, I think, is is uh everybody knows each other to a certain extent and so we we've had again on countless occasions somebody comes to see a film premiere of or a film they worked on and love the venue love the space and turn right back turn right back around and um you know are renting out the auditorium for their film premiere so uh, i love working with local filmmakers there's definitely a need out there and um yeah it's, it's just been it's been a that's one of my favorite things about um iph since we've opened is working in the community with local filmmakers and i'll just i'll just piggyback onto that where that was and or reiterate piggyback slash that that was something that we um when, when we went down this road to to build out the independent picture house we we didn't want it to be just a place where we brought in movies that were you know from other countries and and some of the other indian art house stuff we really wanted to make sure that the local film community had felt like it had a place that would work with them to help exhibit their work on some level um and and one way that we do that actually is is through you know the Charlotte Film Festival because again while we're bringing movies from all over the world for the Charlotte Film Festival which actually takes place uh September 27th through October 1st so at the end of this month um you know there's lots of local filmmakers who we bring their movies in as part of the as as part of the the film festival whether it's short films or whether it's you know feature films i think this year we have two uh well three if you count a doc we have three local produced uh feature films at the film festival this year um 
So, and that was part of it is to showcase that there are incredible movies being made um, by independent filmmakers in this, in this city and in this region that, again, sadly, much like a, a you know, a, a, an awesome Finnish movie that, that people will never get to see a, again with a community. And I think that's a big thing, you know, filmmakers, they, they make their shorts or they make their features and maybe they get an opportunity to throw it on Tubi or, you know, Hulu or something. And, or they put it on a Vimeo page and people can try it and they try to social media, come watch it. But it's a very different experience as I've found working with the festival for many, many, many years now uh, where filmmakers say like, you know, this might be the only time where I actually got to sit in a movie theater, you know, an actual cinema. It wasn't a pop-up screen in the back of an art gallery somewhere and actually watch my movie with people, you know, right? Like, and people I don't know, you know, and that's a really powerful thing for a filmmaker, I think. And again, I think whether it's through the rentals or whether it's through the Charlotte Film Festival, um, I, I think we do, we are really committed to creating that kind of opportunity for filmmakers. Um, so yeah, it's, it's hugely important. And I, and I hope the film community knows that and understands that we want to work with them. We want to be the place the, the first place they think of when it's time to show their movie, we want them to get in touch with Brad and start talking. So. And that leads me to, to the next, um, to my, to my next point um if you know if, if people want to follow you or reach out to you how can they how can they do that uh they could visit our website that gives uh everything that we're showing everything that's been booked that's coming up also has um a page for uh auditorium rentals and that would be independentpicturehouse.org and then also follow us on social media which is uh, IPHCLT and I mean, yeah, and they get, they'll have contact information and I'm, I'm always checking emails and getting back to people. So I think that, that those are the two best routes. Okay. And, and I like to ask all of my guests this, um, what's your favorite movie or, or TV show that, that, that you've seen that you feel is the best thing ever? And seeing as y'all recently returned from Toronto, were there any particular movies that stood out to you that you want to give a shout out to? <laughs> Where to start, right, Jay? Uh, well, Jay and I had a great conversation uh, walking to get the car last night. Uh, we saw an Icelandic film. Uh, it's called Solitude. And uh it's it was 75 minutes but it, it went in did what it needed to do uh it, it was very um touching film and you know after seeing some of these movies that are two and a half three hours long it's like why can't every movie just not be bloated and just come in do what you need to do and and, and get out um <laughs> that, that's one that stood out for me Jay, any yeah. um, any movies that stick out for you? Uh yeah. I mean, again, it's hard just thinking about the festival. I, I mean, I loved I loved Riddle of Fire, which was sort of a Goonies esque kind of uh, small little American film. I can't remember the director's name off the top of my head, but it was it was a small little. I think it's set in Colorado, and it's called Riddle Riddle of Fire, and it was basically kids need to uh they need to get the ingredients to bake their mother a pie so the mother will give them the password to their gaming system because they want to stay inside all day and play video games and uh it ended up becoming this elaborate adventure adventure to get the pie <laughs> you know right <laughs> the ingredient for the pie and it goes off and there are a lot of weird and you know it's an r-rated kids on bikes Goonies-esque type movie, but it was really fun, and I I, the I loved the aesthetic of it. Um, so that was one riddle of fire. I mean, Brad would agree with me on this. That zone of interest, the Jonathan Glazer film, is a is a masterpiece. Um, it's it's a, a a lot of gut punches and a lot of just uncomfortable 
feelings and but it's it's a brilliant film so i mean that was something uh and one that i was i told brad this too when we were talking about movies uh i'm not i'm not the biggest alexander payne film but uh fan but the holdovers i thought was i, I mean maybe maybe his best movie since election um i i really liked it a lot i thought it just it it, again, it wasn't bloated. It was long, but it wasn't bloated, and it it had strong performances and looked really, you know, the aesthetically, it was very interesting the the way he sort of made it look. And um, so those are three that kind of stand out. Oh, and then I will just say too, I saw a Norwegian documentary called Songs of Earth, which was a a movie that a woman made about her father, who basically lives in this small northern Norwegian valley uh near one of the major glaciers in norway and basically just followed her father around for a year walking around the climbing mountains and glaciers and that movie was 90 minutes again get got in got out at four seasons of beautiful photography and i thought was a was a really brilliant just beautiful uh documentary about nature about family and um, so there's there's a couple that I'll throw in as well. So <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I'll just I got one one more that's a must see. I saw it at Telluride actually. Did not play Toronto, but Poor Things by Yorgos Lanthimos, the Greek director, mm -hmm. um, and that was two hours and twenty minutes, which felt like it was seventy five minutes, and I just did not want that movie to end. So that uh, I believe is coming out mid to end of October. Um, it's definitely on our list of must must brings to December. I'm sorry. December is when that comes out. December now. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. There you go. <laughs> A live update. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Bradley J, I just want to thank you all so much for taking the time to be on this podcast, and and for all for all those watching, thank you so much for. Uh, taking the time to watch this little interview and please check out the independent picture house you know help these guys out help keep art house films alive here in charlotte because for god's sakes we do need it so badly here and for the movie pope thank you so much for watching catch you on the flip side bye <laughs>